Cerca di contrastarlo Juan Jesus, il tocco di Esciarawi, cerca il colpo di tacco, attenzione Nainggolan, riesce a mantenere il possesso di palla, palla sulla destra verso Bruno Perez, avanza Samir davanti a lui, ancora Bruno Perez cerca spazio, il tocco è arretrato e per Strottman lancia in area di rigore per Nainggolan, tira go, go, go! Hello and welcome to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I'm production and content manager James Goodison and joined as always by Roma Press editor John Solano. Now it's been almost 24 hours since uh, the last match that Roma played in and it still hasn't really sunk in against all odds including uh, the members of this podcast. Roma have sensationally finished first in what many believed to be the Champions League's group of death ahead of Chelsea and Atletico Madrid. So I think it's best to start there and sort of recap all of it, uh, every game as we've we've gone through um, this group stage. Uh, Roma see themselves qualify as group winners in the round of 16. John, I mean, what did you make of yesterday's match? A 1-0 win against Carabag and the entire group stage campaign for Roma? Well, yesterday was certainly a, li- a little surprising, you know, uh, with these smaller sides when all is said and done. Uh, they tend to sort of uh, let their foot off the gas pedal a little bit. So I'll be honest, I, I thought Roma uh, really would throttle uh, Catabog yesterday. Um, they, they did not. They they really seemed like they were playing for something, which was really bizarre to me. Um, playing with 10 men behind the ball like that, uh, trying to counter was a little puzzling. Um, I mean, they've, they've already been eliminated. So to see them take that approach was a little um, curious, in my opinion. But uh, look, uh, Roma did well. They got the goal. They got the victory. Um, and sensationally, uh, I don't know about you, but I did not expect um, Chelsea and Atletico to draw. So uh, seeing them finish first when we've said it a few times, you and I, we did a podcast um, live during the draw. Um, we both said they were done. Uh, we said they were out. Uh, no chance whatsoever. Uh, headed for the Europa League. So to see this happen, um, just sensational, absolutely sensational. I can't give enough credit to uh, the manager, Eusebio Di Francesco. Um, This looks like a completely transformed Roma, um, especially in Europe. You know, the the way they played in this group stage has just been astounding. They play with heart and they don't cower down to the uh, the opposition. And listen, they just play with more balls than what we've seen with Spalletti, with Garcia. They just play better football. And to do it against the English champions, to do it against an Atleti who were in a Champions League final just a few years ago, um, nobody saw this coming. I, I don't care what anybody tells me. Um, you know, some people might say they predicted it, but I, I can only believe that that was half hearted. James, I, I mean. You and I both said that they were absolutely destined for third place. We saw no chance. Um, 
so for this to happen is um, more than a shocker. It's I don't want to call it a miracle, but whatever whatever the word we can put just below that, um, it's incredible, absolutely incredible. And I'm completely shocked. And again, full full credit to the club. They they were absolutely fantastic. Yes, uh, totally. And just looking back on uh, Roma's record in Europe over the past sort of five seasons or so, last season knocked out of the Champions League in the playoff round, got to the Europa League round of 16. Season before that, Champions League round of 16. And before that, the group stage and then fell into the Europa League. Two years before that, we didn't have any uh, European football to shout about at all. And then we go back to the Europa League all the way back in 2011-2012. So, and I I think that... um nearly all the listeners to this podcast will agree that Roma haven't been stellar in Europe at all um, over the past couple of years and we've had you know that embarrassing defeat to Bayern really stands out to me as a as a a bad time that was sort of two three years ago now wasn't it Um, but I think that what I'm interested to hear from you John is what you think's changed that's allowed Roma to defy the odds and come top of this group yeah, for me, um, and I tweeted it out right before you and I re- started recording this, but I, I'm writing a piece on Spalletti versus Di Francesco um, in Europe. More specifically, um, Spalletti in his second stint with Roma um, versus Di Francesco in, in his early time so far um, in European play with Roma. So, Frankly, you know, we just look at the numbers. I'll just give, you know, give everyone just some brief overview. So in Spalletti's second stint with Roma um, in both the Champions League and the Europa League, uh, it was a total of 14 matches. Uh, Roma had five victories, four draws, five losses, scored 25 goals and conceded 21. Just on the face of that, that is horrible. Um and a good portion of um, those numbers are when Roma were in the Europa League. So this isn't even Champions League top quality football that we're considering here. Uh, I tweeted out a picture of uh, Roma's Europa League um, group stage uh, record from last season. And it's horrible. They went three and three um, against teams. I don't even know if half of our listeners would be able to pronounce who these clubs are. Um who do we have? We have uh, Astra Girgu, um, Pilsen. Uh, Astra Gugu. Yes. West Ham's so, vanquisher in the Europa League twice. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, you, you're you very familiar with them. Yes. I see you're very well read on those Eastern European football clubs. Um, and Austria wins. So, um, a smaller Austrian side. So, just in terms of UEFA coefficients, that was the worst group in the Europa League stage. Um my season and Roma only went three and three. And at one point they even conceded three goals um, to Austria. We when they were up three to one yeah, and they I conceded two goals in the last eight minutes. So um, we can, you know, just on the face of it, we can say it's 
the the usual aroma bottling mixed in with some horrible 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 approach um, and tactical pl uh, play by by Spalletti. So for me, the biggest thing is just the way they play. Um, in that group stage last year in the Europa League with those horrible horrible teams, um, Roma conceded seven goals. Um, with two of the biggest clubs in the world this season in the Champions League, Roma conceded six. So, I mean, that just tells you right there, the way they play, they play harder. They play with, um, uh, they're smarter. They don't lose their heads. I mean, uh, the big thing I saw in the Champions League, um, you know, when fans referenced Roma in the Champions League, particularly within the last couple of years, is just how embarrassing Roma were against Porto uh, last summer when they were in the qualification round. Um, That's the you know, you famous for Marlon game, isn't it? If I that that right. is yes, yes, the 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 Roma legend for Marlon. Um, <laughs> So, you know, you watch that match and then you watch what they did at home against Chelsea and it's hard to fathom that a good chunk of those players were on the same team that finished first um, as of yesterday. The, the, way, the way they play is just... It's, it may not be prettier. It's certainly aesthetically a lot worse, um, but it's more effective. They play strong and compact defensively. Um, tactically, especially on the counter, they're far more um, far more organized. Uh, they're not opened up at the back like they were a Spalletti. It's just day and night the way they play. Um, to me, I, I think they try and take a similar approach to what uh, Simeone does at uh, Atletico. Now, granted, they didn't advance, but I mean, defensively, they only conceded four goals in the group stage, which I'd, I'd have to go back and look. But for a team only to concede four goals in six matches and not to advance, um, that has to be some sort of statistical outlier. Um, is that just right? Because is that's that really, sensational. Is that all they conceded? They conceded four goals in six matches, which is uh, sensational. Of um, and only scored five, of course. Uh, which uh, right, so them to third, uh, effectively. Yeah, they, so they finished third. I mean, if you look at some of the other squads who are who are finishing third, I mean, I see nine goals conceded. I see uh, Dortmund. They're they're finishing third. They conceded ten. Um, uh, Spartak out of. Um, out of out of Russia, I mean, they, they've conceded six. It, it's just, I, I think, Roma really try and take a similar approach. You 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 start from the back. You're compact, and then you know you really try and just sort your play up front as the game progresses. So the way they play is far more effective in Europe. And look, we've seen what Simeone has done at Atletico playing that way. I mean, they've had a ton of success. They were, like I said earlier, they were in a Champions League final. Um, you know, as I'm writing the, this piece on Spalletti versus Di Francesco, I, I think the way, particularly in Europe, the way Spalletti played last season, I, you know, I, I don't watch his Inter a lot, so I, I don't want to make that sort of comparison. But the way he played last season with Roma, um, you know, I, you, you just can't win that way. You're open at the back, far more susceptible um, to the counter. If you don't have possession, it's pretty ineffective football. So, I was thoroughly impressed. And I mean, you were at the match in London. Um, I mean, they matched Chelsea, you know, blow for blow. Um, 
if that's Spalletti's Roma and they're down two to zero, um, I'm not worried about a comeback. I'm I'm worried about oh my god. I hope this isn't four or five six to nothing. Um, I, I mean, like I just said, James, you were there. Um, the the quality between Chelsea and Roma, in my opinion, uh, it was not on display in that match. To play agreed to play devil's advocate right to um to the idea that roma might have turned a corner in europe in my opinion you know matter of fact i think they do but to to play devil's advocate have we just got incredibly lucky with the fact that we're we in our group carabag of course um I think that there you can you can actually measurably see an improvement in Roma because that's both one of those games is a definite point drop for Roma last season or the season before last. So Carabag aside, we play an Atletico Madrid team that had a transfer ban in summer. Simeone sort of seems to have gone past his sell-by date there. Griezmann wasn't firing for the majority of them. They lacked. Um, you know, uh, a cohesiveness going forward. And then with Chelsea, you come in with an Antonio Conte, who's obviously quite um, disappointed with the uh, signings that he was allowed to make or Chelsea did make over summer and has to deal now with European football and isn't the best at European football, as we know from his time at Juventus. So have we, I mean, it's it's no small feat to to finish top, but have we kind of got lucky here? in a sense would you say or do you do you honestly think that it's it's down to uh roma's own improvement overall because in my opinion i think it's certainly madrid and chelsea last season if this was the group last season if we played their last season equivalents then we we wouldn't have come out of it what what do you think no i agree with that yeah if it was last season and we yeah, now that depends. If we had Spalletti, um, Sorry, I don't think I, we come out of it. I just mean in if the sense like last season's Chelsea and Atletico Madrid rather than Okay, yeah. So um, I certainly think it's different. I certainly think it's different. Um, but listen, I, I mean, you know, strength for strength, um, both of those clubs, player for player, they're, they're better. On paper, they're better. Um I mean, Chelsea—the quality they have, the um, the spending power that they have—it's it's immense relative to Roma. Um, Atleti, um, I mean, they've been sensational in Europe. Now the transfer ban—you know—I I think that that certainly has a lot to do with it. Absolutely, we can't discredit that whatsoever. But still, I, I mean, that defense that they have, that midfield that they have, and they have a world-class player in attack, um, you know, I I don't want to simply blame, you know, a transfer ban simply on their, their you know, inability to advance. I, I do agree that if we take last season's versions of each of those clubs, it's certainly more difficult for, for Roma. But, man, it, it's hard for me to discount what Roma did particularly at home I mean they didn't concede a single goal at home I mean three clean sheets out of six matches um, just that right there you're at least giving yourself the opportunity to get yourself in the conversation of being able to advance um, and listen Simeone said this yesterday in his press conference after the match when when they were eliminated um, he said you know this is why football is such a beautiful such a beautiful sport I mean they they pipped more points off of Roma than they did Carabao. so think about that um, 
and sort of vice versa. I mean, look what Roma did against Chelsea versus Karabag. It's it's incredible. I mean, if you would have taken those two score lines that Roma had versus Chelsea versus what they did against Karabag, I mean, that's completely unexpected. So, yeah, I, I, I certainly think luck played a role. Absolutely. But, you know, the, the amount of bad luck that Roma have had in Europe, uh, particularly with their draws. Listen, I mean, they've now granted, they haven't done themselves any favors, um, just due to their poor, you know, UEFA coefficient, but I mean, they've drawn city, they've drawn Bayern, they've drawn Barcelona. So Roma have never been the ones to, um, ever be handed anything in Europe, uh, you know, any sort of success that they've had, um, in my opinion, it, it's fully deserved. So absolutely luck has played a part, but uh, it's so hard it for me to, every season, doesn't it? Uh, right. Like. Yeah. I mean, but you could, I mean, throughout the champions league campaign for any club to advance for any club to, to win the entire competition, um, I do think luck at some point plays at least a small part along the way. I mean, if you just go group by group, I mean, uh, I mean, James, we look at United. I mean, their group is astoundingly bad. Yeah, Um, totally. Totally. I mean, mean, CSK and Benfica for anyone who wants to know, by the way. I mean, they're a great club, by the way, but I, I mean, just that right there is huge luck. Um, That's true. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're not really, ex- you know, they're not having to give their all in every match when they're playing um, smaller clubs like that. So, you know, I think for every club to get, uh, you know, a measurable amount of success in any competition, Serie A, Europe, Coppa Italia, um, uh, luck absolutely 1000% plays a small part. But. They they earned their for me they earned their mark, um, particularly the way they played away from home um, to get a victory and a draw away from home. That's um, that that's that's impressive. The biggest um, particularly thing about the this group stage for Roma in the future is the fact that their coefficient is going to get a big boost because of this. You know that's a it's a strong strong performance against some good teams. And the fact that we were supposed to be, you, you you know this better than I, but we were supposed to be seeded in pot four, but because Correct. of the people who qualified, Ajax, I believe, missed out. So then we went into pot three. Um, so we're probably going to, you know, I mean, at least from what we've done this year, hopefully if we qualify um, for the competition next year, we could see ourselves again in pot three, which, which would be nice for sure. I agree. They, um, you know, to avoid these bad draws that I, you know, that I mentioned previously, the only way they're ever going to be able to do that is to continue to get points in Europe. Um, it's a, it's a needless exercise for us to be complaining over their draws if they're not going to do anything about it. So they need to be proactive. They need to get wins in Europe. So, um, out of two matches, or I'm sorry, out of two matches, out of six matches, um, three wins, two draws and a loss. Um, I can certainly live with that. So, 
just so everyone knows, we're, so today's Wednesday. Um, we're recording this before today's matches kick off. Yes. So I assume by the time, I assume by the time this gets released, um, actually, it, yeah, oh my, this will get released. Imagine, yeah. yeah, so it'll it'll get released after today's results. So mind you, anything we talk about from here is going to be us not knowing the full results yes. of today so james me, we we see I'll, I'll rattle through the group shall i and uh absolutely keep them in the loop all right so um firstly the the four groups that played yesterday so tuesday um roma obviously finished top so from group a they could get basel group b they could get by munich group c is roma's group and group d has juventus and you can't draw teams from the same nation in the round of 16 so they're not available so the only two decidedly in the pot um already are basel and Bayern munich from the first set of groups now to play tonight this is where it gets interesting uh group e liverpool Sevilla, and spartak moscow all have a chance of finishing second i think that we can safely assume Liverpool and Sevilla aren't playing each other um, tonight, but I think we can safely assume that we'll be facing one of them or one of them will be in the second pot. From uh, Group F, we either have Napoli or Shakhtar Donetsk. We can't play Napoli, so Shakhtar's up for grabs there. Uh, Porto or Red Bull Leipzig in Group G and then Real Madrid in Group H. So... I mean, it's a it's a real mixed bag looking at uh, who we could get in the next round because, we, I mean, the draws, I believe, on Monday. So we'll either, yes. we'll either come out with, um, with someone like Basel or, or Shakhtar, perhaps, or, you know, a Porto. And we'll, we'll be thinking, mm, we actually have a, a fair chance of getting through here. Um, and then on the other hand... Could, uh, we could we could be facing Real Madrid or uh, a reinvigorated Bayern under Yup Hikings. So, John, what would you prefer? Would you prefer the you know a a Basel, a team that on paper you'd expect Roma to edge out, or would you the way that we've been playing in Europe so far this season prefer to go up against one of the big dogs? Well, I tweeted that question out to our followers, um, and I see some of them going with the let's play the big teams. We have to prove uh, we belong there. Um, I am of the complete opposite mindset. Uh, listen, this it's exciting what they've done in this group stage. It's very exciting. I don't want to take anything away from, you know, from the club, from the fans, from the media who are beyond ecstatic about what they've done. Um, I, I get it. Uh, I would prefer that we sort of uh, slow down a little bit. Um, I've seen two people say they want Real Madrid. So, um, no, thank you. Um, I don't want. I don't want Byron either. Um, this club is just starting to sniff, um, you know, a, a moderate amount of success uh, within the last couple of months under this new manager. Let's. I, I prefer a much easier opponent, just so um, we can get you know the continuity um, and, and sort of start to believe in ourselves in Europe. So, you know, just looking at the potential, uh, the potential opponents, obviously Basel, in my opinion, are the ones I've got my eye on as will any team who finishes first. Um, but I, I have to admit, I've watched them a number of times this season. Um, I, I would actually like to see Sevilla. Um, Ooh, obviously, I think that you know, Sevilla you, will win the group. I think that Liverpool will bottle it and come second. 
Um, yeah, because really at this point, before the matches even start, um, it could be any of those three teams. I mean, if we look at Liverpool's group, it could be Liverpool, Sevilla, or Spart- uh, Spartak Moscow. So uh, the way the group line, you know, the way it's lined up, it could be any of those three teams. Um, uh, just from the storyline of Monchi, um, I, I think playing Sevilla would be would be very exciting. Um, yeah, that narrative. That narrative. Uh, I, I tell you what, John, I'm on the same ground as you. We sh- I, I hope for an easy draw in this next round because of the three C's. Continuity, like you said. Commercial, in the sense that we'll improve our brand if we get into the quarterfinals and it will look slightly more attractive. Uh, for players and for you know emerging markets and the final C coefficient those are the three that we should be thinking about right now if we get someone like Basel and we beat them going to the quarterfinals and then I mean up up after that who knows who know we who knows what we could get I mean probably quarterfinals is where we could sort of say yeah we're happy with that we're happy with um that run this year um, so I, you know, I would agree with you. I'd really go for for uh, a Basel. I could do with a Basel, especially after the the you know the devastation that we suffered when we were <laughs> when we were uh, listening live to the draw as we did the podcast. So I, yeah, I could I could really go with uh, Basel. Shakhtar would probably be another good one, but the the journey's a bit dodgy. Uh, Porto, we can we can enjoy the Vermaelen derby again. Um, I, I, but I think bars will stick out uh, having said that there have been a thorn in the side of uh, many an English team over the past couple of years they obviously beat Manchester United 1-0 back uh, on the 22nd of November and they beat them a couple of seasons ago as well in the group stage I believe Europa League perhaps I, I, it escapes me now um, and they beat Tottenham on penalties in Europa League knockout a couple of years ago it's you know they've always been a bit of a thorn in the side for English teams I don't know if that will translate over to Roma but um, I certainly think that they're probably one of the more attractive ones to go for the worst thing as well is at the moment, if we get drawn against someone like uh, Real Madrid, then we, we perhaps would fancy it just because they've looked a bit off off the pace this season. Not in the Champions League, I, I should say, apart from that loss against Spurs. They've looked okay, scored 14 goals, only conceded five in the Champions League. But they've looked a bit off the pace in the league. I think that perhaps we'd sort of say, yeah, we're up for that now. And then when we get to February, when these games are played, they've you know they've had like a couple of months and they're absolutely flying, and that's what will probably end up happening. Yeah, that's the thing I, I fear the most, especially too. I, I feel like sometimes this often gets overlooked, but I mean that January transfer window, a lot of these teams are not going to look the same. So, you know, um, as you said, you know, Real Madrid may be struggling right now. Um, Porto may be struggling right now. Um, But you give these clubs a transfer window and suddenly they get the boost that they were looking for and it's a completely transformed side. Um, Now, obviously, you know, if a certain player is already played in the the competition, obviously they won't be able to play with the new club. But um, that definitely um, has me a bit apprehensive as to who I would want to pick but um you know roma have had zero luck um 
within the last five to six years when it comes to 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 draws in Europe. So, gosh, I, you know, a part of me feels like you know they're owed one, or at least time is on their side to where it's okay. You know, how many times can this really happen? Um, but we're we're gonna have to see because I don't think aside from Basel. Any of the teams in second, they're not um, they're not pushovers by any means. Um, I mean, we've posed this on Twitter to who uh, you know a lot of the fans would want to see. Uh, a common one I'm seeing is Porto as well, um, just for as you said the the Derby Divermeilen that we saw last <laughs> season. So I mean, we um, can moan about the fact that there are difficult teams in the in in our draw, you know any which way but then if you look at it if we'd finished second our options at the moment would have been Manchester United PSG um, Barcelona and that's only from the ones that have already been decided still oh Manchester City as well I mean like it's this and Tottenham there's no there's no you know pot two's definitely or finishing top is definitely the way to go um, right but I mean We'll just we'll just have to wait and see, quite frankly, won't we? But I think that a, a, a lesser team, give me give me someone like Basel or Porto in this round of sixteen, and then when we get to the quarters, give us someone like Real Madrid. I think that's the way I prefer it. Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, let's take a look at Twitter as to what everyone else said. So I just asked simply. Who would you want to draw and why for the knockout stages of the Champions League? So let's take a look at a few. Um, Ali, so at Ali Ansari1, he says, Basel, for once I'd like Roma to advance without getting the most difficult without I'm sorry without getting the most difficult possible draw um sort of exactly what you and I are saying I agree with that um I mean god look at last season in even in the Europa League um they get Lyon they get Villarreal so it's it's just astounding how season after season it, just luck never seems to be on their side um, let's see what other some other ones we're getting here. So, uh, La Magica UK. So at La Magica U, they say Lipsig. Um, but I think as of now, theirs is still in the air. Correct? They play today or tonight? That is correct. Okay, so they would finish ahead. So that would mean though that Porto is out. Should should um, Leipzig be be in there? So we'll have to see what happens there. Um, who else? Okay, we have another one on my side. So uh, Sal, so at underscore Salvatore L, he says, I'd like to see a Roma versus Sevilla matchup. Uh, however, I think it's a team that Roma should have a lot of respect for, but also gain a lot of confidence from if we overcome them and move on into the quarters. That's a great point. Um, great point. That is, that is a great point. I, You know, that's the team that I'm, I'm eyeing. Um, I mean, James. What would you think if they drew Liverpool, though, in that instance? I'd, I'd, get, I'd, I'd be. Um, I, I think we should be up for that. To be honest with you, um, Liverpool. I mean, Mohamed Salah coming back to Rome—that's great for narrative. Number two, I can probably go to the game again, which is great. Yeah. And a, um, but more importantly, um, you know, they're not the strongest team that we could face. I don't. I don't know. I think it'd be a close game. I'd probably put them in the same ballpark as Sevilla. Uh, like the, that person tweeted you about the, you know, a lot of confidence if we if we get a result there because their defense is quite shambolic um, at times. You know, De Rossi shambolic at times. Yeah, that def- that attack though is just. Oh my it's god! A bit devastating, um, isn't it? Yeah, very devastating. The amount of speed. 
Uh, Them on the counterattack is gorgeous to watch. Um, Klopp has them playing very, very well in attack. Um, But you, I mean, you you being there in England, you you certainly have a different perspective. Um, He seems to have, you know, just the perspective I have, uh, many think he's underwhelmed at Liverpool. Would you agree with that? Or is is that me... um, perhaps uh, diving a little bit into hyperbole really good question um he hasn't won anything he's got similar a similar points tally to brendan rogers after the same amount of games having said that i think that he has an appeal um that that wasn't there before uh, in terms of attracting attracting players of of higher quality i think that Liverpool's failings at the moment are more down to transfer transfer disasters. Uh, there was that whole saga with Virgil van, van Dijk from Southampton over the summer. Klopp decided not to break the bank for him. Then their defence has still looked shoddy this season. What can you do? I think they have a bit of a passenger in the midfield when it comes to Jordan Henderson, and he's their captain. Um, and I, you know, but you do have to give credit. Originally, 2013, 2014, Liverpool's attack was Suarez, Sterling, Sturridge when he was actually good, and Coutinho had a had a couple of uh, you know setbacks from that. Sterling and Suarez obviously left. Sturridge became you know hospitalised pretty much every game, and now they have Firmino, Salah, Mane, and Coutinho, which certainly isn't isn't anything to um, to laugh at. I think that. I think that Liverpool is a is an easier game than Chelsea, and I think that Roma shouldn't be should should be up for it if if they go in. To be honest, yeah, that'd be a tough one. Um, just those English grounds, as you can attest, um, always difficult to play at for me. So, if we could avoid an English opponent, I'd prefer that. But just from our ability to churn out nice content i would prefer to see liverpool that way you could go yeah that's Um, true that's true well we can dream let's get back to domestic matters then in the meantime um before we actually talk about roma i think that we should uh mention as roma press's official second Serie a team benevento who uh of course managed to break their Serie A duck um, with that wonderful, wonderful last-minute equaliser from the goalkeeper against, of all clubs, Milan. It's just it's just perfect, perfect poetry, isn't it, really? Um, they've now got their first point. They're only 10 points off safety now with 15 games played. So, yes, <laughs> special mention. Well done, Benevento. You have Roman Press's continuing... That's what dreams are made of. That's what that was sensational. Yes, but uh, we uh, we came off came with the back of a win against Spal 3-1. We're now fourth in the league uh, with 34 points, a game in hand on the three teams above us. A win would see us a win against Sampdoria, which of course is the game in hand. We always have to remember that's a dodgy dodgy game to be talking about. But uh, a win in that game would see us level with Juventus on 37 points, and then only two points off Napoli and Inter. Who um, who have thirty eight and thirty nine respectively? So John, I mean, fourteen games in, no one's running away with it, and Roma is still in with a shout, really. 
Yeah, you know what? Um, with how well they're doing in Europe, um, you would tend to expect perhaps a drop off domestically, but that hasn't happened. And certainly the top four have really um, pulled away from the rest of the pack. Um, although I, I have to say Lazio, that, that victory against Sampdoria um, in Genoa is <laughs> impressive because that is a difficult place to play. Um, and Lazio are still sort of lingering there in fifth still. So, um, yeah, I mean, Roma have done sensational. I really hope those two points that they dropped against Genoa will not cost them. Um, Daniele Terossi, uh, that was embarrassing, that was unbecoming, that uh, that was completely unbecoming of what a captain should do. I'm sure he would admit that. I absolutely went scorched earth on him on Twitter. I I don't want to regurgitate everything I said, but that, that cannot happen, and... God forbid if those two points have any sort of bearing on Champions League qualification or even worse, uh, Scudetto implications. Um, my, oh, my. Uh, he will be in uh, – he will get absolutely torched um, regardless of his uh, Roman blood by the fans because that was just awful. That cannot happen. So – Anyway, um, aside from that, yeah, their form is is still great. Um, difficult, uh, uh, tricky sort of match coming up here against uh, Kievo. They're one of those teams where they'll sit back with 10 behind the ball and then they'll hit you for one goal and you'll draw 1-1. So it's a difficult, difficult match. Roma really tend to struggle there at times, and I have no idea why. It's a horrible atmosphere. Um, it's a horrible stadium. They don't have a lot of fans. Um, it's just bizarre why they seem to struggle year after year against Kievo. So um, we'll have to see. They cannot drop points. They have to keep pace with anybody else because you have Juve playing Inter this weekend. Uh, one of those two teams is going to drop points, and they're both ahead of Roma. So big, um, big, big, big match, and they have to get the three points. Well, I mean, what do you what do you expect this game to to be made up of? Do you think that Roma will come away with sort of a gritty two one three one win? Is that is that the sort of game you're imagining, or do you think we could there could be a banana skin here, especially after the game against Karabag? I really think it's going to be one of those ugly one zero matches. I wouldn't even be shocked if it ended zero zero. Um, that's just the way Kiev will play. They're never playing for anything in a season. They're just trying to survive year after year, and somehow they manage to do it. Um, I mean, I'm Venetian, and I couldn't care less about Kievo. They're one of the most useless clubs um, in Serie A and all of Italy, and, and yet every year they seem to survive. So um, I think they'll sit back just because they're 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 fighting to to survive. I I think they're going to just be content with trying to nip a point. Um, so Roma are really going to have to try and break them down. Yes. There you go. That's our take. Pretty much. Wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. Well, always a pleasure here on uh, the AS Roma Press podcast. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes so you can get it straight to your phone or other device um, as soon as it becomes available. And I'm really looking forward to next week. We'll be able to finally have an idea of what's going on with this Champions League February stuff. 
and uh, we'll have a we'll have a clearer look at what the top of the table looks like. Of course, we're getting close to the winter break now, aren't we, John? Yes, slowly approaching. Slowly approaching. Actually, just just one other thing, I think we should perhaps quiz about any movements on transfers or signings in January. Anything Monchi said that you think is worth paying attention to now? Right now, no. Um, uh, so I'll be honest, uh, things are pretty quiet right now. Um, uh, Munchi isn't speaking a lot on or off the record to many journalists right now. It's pretty quiet. Um, he is a... I'm convinced he spends half of his day on WhatsApp. Um, if you just look at his status, I, I feel like he's online 24 hours a day. Um, but he said Roma aren't going to do anything um, in January. However, he was recently in the United States to meet with the president Palota, um, and you know, obviously they, they they discussed the market. So, you know, some of the names we've been seeing linked are uh, fullbacks. Uh, we've seen some midfielders. One of the names is Darmian at United. Um, we've seen Milan Badel um, at Fiorentina, who's on a free. Um, he'll be out of a contract this summer, uh, linked to Roma. He can certainly fill in the role that they're all seeing Glenn Lawrence play uh, in the center of midfielder there in the yeah, sorry in the center of midfield there so um, I, I think they'll go for the more uh, conservative approach um, you know with Bedell he's a player I absolutely adore um, younger than Dedossi. I think he has more ability than Gona Lance. And I think he would slot in perfectly to the side, especially given the way that Di Francesco has his uh, sort of the regista play. Um, and then Darmian, I mean, uh, at United, James, uh, you know, you can attest to this as well. I feel like I go to you for every English football uh, reference, but he's not playing a lot. Uh, it looks like United potentially from what I'm reading, rumors-wise, are going to go in for a left-back. Um, for me, Darmian's ability to play right-back, left-back is super important uh, because if he were to arrive here, he would almost undoubtedly play right back. If something were to happen to Kolodov, you have Emerson Palmieri, who's slowly coming along. Um, you know, he hasn't fully returned from injury. He's made one brief cameo appearance. Um, you know, his ability to play on the right and left is crucial and very important, makes him a very, um, you know, highly sought after player. So, I could absolutely live with those two names. Um, however, I, you know, in my opinion, uh, I would love to see them make another run at Mares. Um You know, he's not having a great season. Leicester have certainly struggled this uh, this year as well. Um, but James, I haven't looked at the table. Are they still fighting off relegation? No, that's sort of calmed down a bit. West Ham have decided to fill that gap instead. Mm, mm. So. No, nothing, nothing too much to worry about. Uh, Claude, Claude Puel, they came in and he's sort of sorting them out. They are sitting ninth, if you're interested. Okay, well, so there, there we right. go. Good for them. Yeah, I, and, and I can't envision them selling him in January. Um, you know, and all through the summer, you know, he wanted to come, but um, I, I can tell you undoubtedly his number one priority was to remain in England. Um, and, uh, you know, more specifically, he wanted to, he wanted to go to London. So, um, whether Roma is still an option for him remains to be seen, but listen, um, we've had a few guys who have not worked out this season. Defrel has been terrible. He's been injured. 
Um, he's been played out of position on the right wing. Uh, so, I, you know, we can't blame him for that. But, he, you know, production-wise, he's done close to nothing. Sheik has been injured a lot. Um, Under, um, he struggled. Uh, you know, obviously, he's young, so he still needs time to adapt. So I'd love to see them make another run in Mares, but I, I don't anticipate that happening. And then you've also seen names like Berardi at Sassuolo. Um, I don't see that happening either. So we're going to have to see. I think we're going to be in for some surprises. Um uh, Monchi's sort of um, he likes to play the cards close to the chest so I, I think you know the names that we're hearing now are not going to ultimately be the names that we see come uh, should any anybody arrive in January um, but you know given where they are in the league given where they are in the Champions League as well um, I think it would be uh, absolutely necessary and vital for them to bring in a name or two there you go. Thank you very much for listening to this AS Roma Press podcast. I've been James Goodison, joined as always by John Solano. Make sure to subscribe. See you next week.